welcome to Charity Chat. I am your host, Rachel Green. In this episode, we speak to Macarena Martinez, Program Manager at Latin American Foundation for the Future. We discuss the importance of LAF's work in Peru, the challenges LAF and its partners have faced during the pandemic, in particular students' access to technology and reaching students in remote communities, as well as the value that volunteers and partners bring to LAF's work. This episode is brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Charity People. Here is Macarena Martinez. I'm delighted to be joined by Macarena Martinez, Program Manager at Latin American Foundation for the Future, also known as LAF. Macarena, welcome to Charity Chat. This week is Small Charity Week, a campaign highlighting the brilliant work small charities do. We would love to hear more about your work at LAF, as well as insights as a leader of a small charity. Could you tell us a little about LAF? Of course. Um, first of all, thank you, Rachel, for, for the invitation, for having us um, or, or me representation of LAF today to speak a little bit more about um, the organization. LAF is a UK registered charity based in Cusco, Peru, that supports young people accessing quality education and equal life opportunities. I'd like maybe to give a little bit of context so that we can all understand better the importance of this mission. LAF was founded in 2008, and at that time, about 30% of the population had completed secondary education. And this was a time where education was already a constitutional right in Peru. However, there are many problems in, in, in our country and, uh, pre that present themselves as obstacles for young people to access education. Most of them have to do with the lack of infrastructure. We have a very diverse geography here in, in Peru. We have the coast, the, highlight, um, the highlands and, and the jungle. And many of the many places, especially in, in, in the highlands, in the mountains, and in the jungle, are still not uh, completely connected um, to, to the urban areas. There's few roads, um, few, few public infrastructures such as schools, hospitals, and um, yeah, and, and any other sort of, of public infrastructure that should be providing basic needs. So there's that, there's a lack of infrastructure, there's also um, a big problem with poverty, with lack of, um, lack of economic resources to, to access education, even though, even though public education is free for everyone, there are still many costs that families need to incur in, uh, um, to be able to send their children to school. So um, things like paying for the school materials, for uniforms, um, are things that not every family in Peru can, can afford. And finally, there's also a big problem with discrimination, with um, 
um, indigenous languages, for example, not being taught at, at, the, uh, at schools or uh, discrimination around gender as well. Many families not, not believing that it's not worth sending your daughter to school because it's better for her to stay home and help with, with the family chores instead of having the opportunity to learn. And then there's also, uh, we also have problems with quality of the education offered. In, although there has been a lot of progress from 2008 onwards in which the, the, the percentage of the population um, finishing high secondary school has increased, the quality of the education offered is, is still very, very low. In 2012, we were considered to have the worst education system within the countries that are a member of the OECD. There was this, uh, this PISA evaluation where um, Peru was ranked last. So, um, yeah, we, we, we live in a country where, um, where access to education and quality education is very, very, very hard to achieve. And that's what LAF would like to change, or at least contribute um, in to solve that, that problem um, as, as an international organization. So we have um, two main programs. One is our quality education program that has two main components. The first one is access to formal education. So we support our beneficiaries in accessing public education, providing the school materials, the uniforms, the money to pay any uh, admin fee required for them to, to study and to receive uh, their certificates, their grades. Also, we support um, access to tutoring programs. So um, our beneficiaries have the opportunity to receive extra academic support after school. And then the second component of this quality education program is our personal development program, where we try to complement the education, the academic formation of, um, of the students, which is um, taken care of uh, by the, the, public the public school institutions mainly, by offering um, um, workshops on different themes, on different topics. It could be um, um, a workshop focused in, in self-esteem, in sexual health, in um, entrepreneurship. It varies a lot depending on the, on, the, on the needs of our beneficiaries at the time, but our main goal is to contribute to that um, like well-rounded education our beneficiaries can receive. brilliant um, introduction to LAF um, and as we understand LAF works towards a Latin America as you said where all children and young people have full support in accessing quality education equal life opportunities um, so what is your partnership model could you explain in more detail and how does your collaborative work help you to achieve this of course 
So we, the, the way we offer this quality education program is through our partners. We have four partners in Cusco. Um, they are, um, they are homes for vulnerable children or young adults or student dorms um, in, in different parts of the, of the region Cusco. And the, um, the way we work with them is um, by seeing, seeing our partner, well, our partners are the ones that directly offer the support to, to, to beneficiaries. So they run their own organizations, they have their own goals, their own missions, their, their own mission, and they receive LAF support in two main ways. One is through our direct support to education, um, the, whether that's uh, via funding or um, workshops, but also they receive LAF support in, in, in an organizational level. Where, and this is where our, our capacity building program comes in. I, now I remembered in the first part, I said two programs and I just described one, which was a quality education one. And so our second program is um, the capacity building pro program that is directed towards the leaders of the partner um, organizations we work with. So in this, in this program, what we do is we identify um, different areas of the internal organization of these partner organizations in which we or um, we can collaborate or contribute to um, to to achieve certain improvement in in the organization as a whole so it could be something like providing support in their own fundraising efforts in the way these organizations um, monitor and evaluate the impact they have or how they structure their own governance. So in this way, the, the model LAF, uh, the partnership um, model LAF has allows us not only to have a short-term impact in our in, in the population where that 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 we um, that we target, but we also expect to have a longer term impact in the sense that um, um, by contributing to the sustainability of these organizations, we can guarantee that these organizations will keep on working towards this same mission of of um, guaranteeing access to education to vulnerable populations in the future. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. I thought that'd be really useful for our listeners. So as we all know, it's been a very challenging year um, with the pandemic. And what are the key challenges LAF has faced over the last 12 months and how did you overcome them? I think LAF's main challenge has had to do with our partners' main challenge. And our partners' main challenge throughout the pandemic has been to adapt themselves to the remote education situation. So in March um, last year, the first lockdown um, was announced. And as the school year in Peru starts in March, that meant that schools never opened and they are still closed. It's June to 2021, more than a year after, and we still haven't been able to get our children 
back to school. So education is 100% remote. And this has been a huge challenge for our partner organizations in particular, because of course, remote education requires access to technology that not everyone had. Technology, in, um, which is um, understood as equipment, internet access, and also um, knowledge, like knowledge um, around the use of a computer, the use of a tablet, um, and um, to make um, uh, appropriate use of the of the of the tools provided by the school institutions to be able to continue education in a remote in a remote way. So at the start of the pandemic, we had very few computers or or smartphones available. Fortunately, all of our partner organizations did have uh, internet access at the homes and at the dorms. However, the dorms, which are two, we have um, two dorms in Sacred Valley, uh, part of the Sacred Valley project, which are dorms for secondary school girls. And then we have one dorm in the city of Cusco, uh, which is part of Moscow's youth program that offers scholarships for for young adults to be able to continue their, their education. They did have internet access as well, but because the lockdown was announced before the, the start of, 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 of school, of the school year, these weren't able to open until at least July. So the first half of the school year, the beneficiaries that, um, that usually assisted to these dorms couldn't receive, well, talking about the, specifically about the girls from SVP that come from very, very uh, remote uh, communities in the valley, in the Sacred Valley of Cusco, didn't have access to, to technological equipment, didn't have access to internet, and they didn't have the support of the tutors that they usually have. This was a big challenge for SVP uh, because there was very, very little opportunities for, for them to, to reach out to their beneficiaries. And in the case of the homes that were open, that are Sulwasi and, and, and Casamantai, the main challenge was how do we adapt to this new system? We're conscious that most of the students probably didn't have access to a computer that they could use for themselves. So the idea or the option of having a student connected to, to a Zoom call um, for a live class was ruled out. What teachers did then was to use WhatsApp to send worksheets that were meant to be printed uh, filled out by the by, by the students and then sent back um, as a picture uh, via WhatsApp. This model did um, offer a solution to the technological problem to many families. It was still quite a big challenge specifically for, for residential homes like the ones laugh support because it's very different to be a family or a guardian that has or for um, kids that are studying than being an organization with 15 um, students uh, that, that need to be studying at that time. And in Asulwasi, 
at the start of the um, at the start of the pandemic, we only had two tutors, two tutors and the director, and more than fifteen students. And these tutors were the only ones having a smartphone that could be used to connect with the tutor and and receive the the work being sent. So if you can imagine being one single person receiving WhatsApp messages all day long for eight different students, it was it was it was quite a challenge. So laugh started as uh, needed. Of course, we needed to rethink our, our strategy. Um, we we did a new partner needs assessment to identify what were the new needs. Of course, that we um, couldn't uh, continue with with for, uh, sp specifically with our personal development program because that usually happened on site. We did suggest or or tested the idea of doing it in a remote way, but unfortunately both teachers and students still didn't feel comfortable enough with the with the changes that were taking in, uh, taking place at the moment they throughout the year in general i've I, I feel our partner organizations and the students have felt overwhelmed by the amount of work that has been um, sent by 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 their teachers one think that maybe while doing while studying remote you might have a little more flexibility but this wasn't the situation for um, yeah for our beneficiaries because a lot of work was being sent and uh, very few equipment very few resources so um, well we we changed our strategy we started we launched a campaign to collect smartphones and technological equipment we we tried to do some of the um, some remote support with homework, with English classes, with um, with activities that could also contribute to the well-being of 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 these young people during lockdown, and then focused mainly also on capacity building. So, what's going on? Like, what's your financial situation at the at the time? What income sources have been have been paused? What do we need to do to um, Know, to compensate for maybe for, for for those changes so it was it was a very different year um, it was basically solving problems that that came up um, in the way I'd say it was it, it was a challenge not being able to to be as close and as present um, in in, the, in that day-to-day -day, uh, within our partner organizations I, I, I did feel that there were many obstacles in the way for us to provide the, 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 the support that we wanted maybe to have at these very, very tough times. But I'm glad that that, that we could still um, be present, that we could still be in touch, that we managed to find new ways of, of, of supporting that, that, that we're a better fit to the situation than, than our partner organizations and beneficiaries were uh, we're living in in this in this past 12 months and we still are it definitely sounds like laugh has had a huge um positive impact in terms of um supporting your partners and best beneficiaries 
So I guess that leads on to my next question. As a small charity with a small team, how does LAF make such a big impact? I'd say that this partnership model is responsible for big part of the impact that 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 we can have because it allows us to pursue a mission without needing to invest in in a in a big team of our own we we can be very very efficient with the resources that we have as long as they are destined to these partner organizations who are the ones that are going to be responsible at at the end of the day for for this change to happen for guaranteeing that more and more people in peru are accessing education and, and equal life opportunities and it's not just a matter of of partnering up for sustainability, for sustaining this change in the future, um, but also acknowledging that distance that there is between this foreign um, agent, which is LAF. You know, it's it's we're international. We we are an international team, and well, I am Peruvian. We have had many Peruvians as part of the team, but we are not um, direct members of. Of, of those exact communities that we want uh, to be involved with. So having local leaders, local agents of change, I think it's, it's, it's also very, very important when we talk about impact because who knows better um, um, about like what a community needs and wants than someone from within that community as well. So I think that that's also what happened when our founder, Sarah Oaks, came to, to Cusco for the first time. And she saw the situation. She was moved by the inequality that she found in our country. She wanted to do something about it. But she also found people from Cusco wanting to do something about it in a very similar way to the way that she uh, probably dreamt of. <laughs> so... I'm very glad that, that things happened the way they did and that Sarah met these right people um, in, in Cusco with this um, similar uh, vision, with this shared mission, and, and we were able to configure uh, maybe a not, not very common model, but I'd say a very, a, a very effective one. Because this, these organizations do need support. In, in general, I'd say that the, the government here has not been able to, to satisfy the basic needs of a big part of the population just yet. And the uh, non-for-profit section is very relevant in our country because of that. We need private or non-governmental -gover um, agents um, for for things to happen or to happen at the at the speed that we need them to happen it's a perfect combination between um between inter the world of international development and linking countries with with maybe more resources um, available with local agents that are committed to that same mission and that same vision of change Um, it sounds like the work really is from the ground up. 
And talking about collaboration, how has working with volunteers shaped LAF's work? LAF is a volunteer-led organization. So 90% of our human resources, at least, are volunteers. And volunteers at LAF are recognized as key human resources who donate time and skills for the achievement of our strategic goals. So we have a board of trustees, which of course um, are, are, are very important in, in, in making strategic decisions for the organization, but they are also involved in hands-on work, <laughs> things such as doing direct efforts in fundraising or helping out with recruitment and all sorts of, of different tasks in a, a, as, as volunteers. And then we have a group of of volunteers that get involved with LAV in as coordinators. So we have coordinator position for practically every internal area of our, of our organization. And then we also have option for people to join the team in a part-time way or in very specific projects. So there's only one, one permanent um, staff position at LAF, and there's no way we could get everything done with just one, one person working on this full time. Volunteers are absolutely pivotal for LAF to, to be able to, to achieve its goals and, and deliver, deliver its programs. We're very lucky as well to, to, to have. Um, that a, a model like this because although it, it is hard, volunteers are, are required to stay for a minimum of three months, but of course usually don't stay way longer than that. So maybe between three and six, someone every once in a while would, would stay for a year or maybe a little bit longer, but there is a very high turnover um, within um, within our team. And that is a, a bit of a challenge. We constantly need to go through inductions and there's there's a, a brief phase in which every new person needs, you know, takes time for that person to, to learn about the, the responsibilities of the position and how to execute them. And having a high turnover of motivated um, um, and purpose-driven people, it's also very, very positive for, for us as an organization in the sense that we have many people bringing ideas, bringing um, like positive energy. They remind you as well of the, of, of the amazing work that you're doing, having, having a volunteer come in and, and, and learning about the programs and showing um, their enthusiasm about what is being done and how impact is, is achieved at LAF. We expect a lot of independence and an autonomy in, in everyone's work. If we expect that, we also need to, to allow coordinators to, to have like certain level of ownership over their areas of coordination. So coordinators, should definitely be uh, or feel that um, they are in the capacity to propose, to suggest new ideas, to execute new projects, to make 
things happen, we should definitely acknowledge the contribution of volunteers as part of, of LAF's success as a small charity as well. I just wanted to move on to looking to the future so I'd like you to imagine you're writing a letter to your future self what do you hope to achieve at LAF in the next year and what impact will this have on young people in Peru? I think I need to go back to LAF's vision here which is equal um, access, access to education, access to quality education to enable equal life opportunities. And I think that what I'd personally like to contribute to LAF um, in, in the next year is maybe to shift our vision a little bit more towards that second part, which is the equal, equal opportunities part. Um, I think, well, we have more than 10 years bringing access to education and I think well, there's always room for improvement, but we've been doing it pretty. Um, we've been doing a pretty good job. <laughs> we have managed to identify correctly um, the the beneficiaries that that need um, support, um, particularly with this um, a structure that um, that guarantees the access to happen, which is a partner organization, and and ways in which we can. Uh, directly support which is maybe our biggest contribution also is generating the income and support and funding the all of those educational costs because then i think that the organizations have grown into into having very clear like systems or procedures to guarantee the the, the administrative part of it like um, enrolling the students into into the educational institutions making sure you know everything is all right for them to carry on at the at the education center where they 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 will be studying, and um, but then there's the second part or the second question that then I've always been asking myself since since I joined LAF and it's how much is this access to education guaranteeing better brighter futures, uh, better life opportunities, and. We truly believe in education, in receiving education as something that definitely like will inevitably make a change in, in a person's life in the present, like as you receive it. But Peru is a very, very challenging place for um, a young person that comes from a vulnerable background that has very few resources to, to find or to access opportunities that will allow him or her to have a good quality life where all basic needs will be, will be covered. It's, it is a big challenge to have this as a mission where you, in the first place, you cannot rely on the, on, on, on the government, unfortunately. Unfortunately, um, the Peru has very good systems to protect the working people, but only 30%, and now after the pandemic, it's even less, maybe 20% of the population is in the formal sector. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about probably 80% of the adult 
organization needing to find alternatives to survive in their day to day, like sell things um, at, at the market, on the streets, developing skills on their own to, to have um, a small business in anything that, that their few uh, opportunities will allow them to, uh, to, to get involved with. So it is a big challenge, but I think that there's still more that could be done. In LAF has always, as part of the personal development program, we have always had this. Uh, well, we know that this is something that we we need to um, we need to consider. We need to provide skills to to our beneficiaries to the challenge that awaits after after graduating school or graduating from from uni. So we've had um, also. A lot. We, we've done things like career fairs, um, vocational guidance programs, where we try to provide certain or, or orientation to to beneficiaries, so that they can make like good decisions about about their future academic life. But on the way, unfortunately, we have also realized that it might be too ambitious to just think about continuing on a, an academic path where like opportunities are still very few so there are there are few public universities in 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 peru especially outside of lima the capital city and usually they are the hardest ones to get into because most part of the population won't wouldn't be able to afford um studying at a at a private institution so it's very very competitive and um and therefore not everyone can access. And although we do focus on quality education, most of our beneficiaries, especially the ones that are in rural areas, unfortunately don't receive a, a good standards of education, especially compared to the ones that are already uh, in urban areas. Uh, and, and actually, well, we, we, were, we were interviewing a, a teacher this, this week, um, a university teacher uh, that works here in Cusco, in the in in the public in in the in the biggest public um, university we have here, and she was telling us that she did feel that there was a big big difference between the students that came from public institutions from rural areas compared to the ones that came from public institutions in urban areas. So there is a big gap there as well. It is a big challenge. So the question then for us to answer is, okay, then what else can we do about it? If it's hard for someone to continue education, access public education um, or other vocational training options, what else can we do? Maybe we need to focus more on um, short-term skills. How can we um, provide or these are, of course, just ideas for now. But if I think, yeah, what what would I personally like to be able to do in the future is maybe uh, concentrating or some of vast uh, resources on on providing opportunities for work experience, um, more more workshops on financial education that could maybe provide skills to, to our beneficiaries so that they can also make smart decisions about 
don't know how to save up maybe some money that could uh, for a couple of years that could then allow them to study how to organize well a budget so that you make sure that you'll be able to study without and now getting into a debt that you don't know how it works and then you will never be able to pay. I would also personally like to start collaborating more with local, with Peruvian organizations. Uh, there are many, many beautiful initiatives in the nonprofit world here as well, uh, with which we could partner um, towards you know, to 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 work to, uh, together towards this part of the mission, the the part of 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 equal opportunities, um, and of course, education access to education, like will still be essential for our work. But I think now we can start improving the the support uh, that that our beneficiaries will receive from LAF if if we do focus on what comes next on how do we how can we actually have bigger impact in the equal opportunity um stage <laughs> towards uh, the bigger the bigger the bigger vision and mission that we have Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your future vision with us, Macarena. And finally, is there anything else you'd like to discuss that we haven't spoken about yet? Well, I'd like to, to invite anyone hearing this, this podcast to find out a little bit more about LAV, um, to, yeah, to maybe follow if, if, if anyone is interested in in hearing more about our programs, you can always follow us on social media uh, or take a look at, at our website. And also encourage any anyone out there um, that thinks that could have the right motivation and skills to 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 support towards um, uh, towards LAF's programs to uh, take a look at our um, volunteering options in in the website and and apply. Amazing. Thank you so much um, for speaking with us today. No, thank you, Rachel. Thank you for, for yeah, for giving us this opportunity to share um to to, to share with, with a larger audience what, what LAV does and what um our mission is. I just want to say a huge thank you to Macarena Martinez. In this episode, we have spoken about the importance of LAF's work in Peru in the educational provision, with Peru having the worst level of education in the OECD. LAF hopes to contribute to quality education in Peru, including quality education programs, access to tutoring, and the personal development program. LAF has three main partners in Cusco and they support um, in two main ways with education funding, educational workshops and the capacity building programs. It's clear that one of LAF's main challenges during the pandemic has been adapting to the lockdown along with their partners. The school year begins in Peru and Therefore, the students have been working remotely since last March. It's clear that access to technology is a key barrier. However, LAF's work is really key in addressing these problems.
The partnership model is responsible for a large part of how LAF is able to deliver their mission, even though they are such a small charity with over 90% of their human resources being volunteers. So thank you, listener, for getting this far with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode and continue to enjoy the podcast. We'd love to hear either way. It's just left for me to thank our corporate sponsors, our platinum sponsor, Charity People, for enabling us to share insights, expertise and best practice across our sector. Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit. Magda Aksamit for our beautiful website. Check it out at charitychat.org.uk. Forest of Falls for playing throughout the show and for playing us out now. Thank you. Oh, <laughs>